The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. And on behalf of our Reverend Dave Dunn, our Director of Religious Exploration, Lexi Tangney-Brown, our Music Director, Alex Peach, and my fellow worship associates and the dedicated technical team making today's live stream possible, I want to welcome you all to the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation, which we lovingly call Human. Today, we would like to acknowledge that the land upon which this congregation is situated is the former home of the Muskegee and Cherokee Nations and those who have gone before them. No matter who you are, who you love, or where you are on your spiritual journey, all are welcome here. A few announcements this morning. We have um, Sunday service reflection after the service. You can refer to the um, printed order of worship for the class location. Uh, please note there's no youth summer programming this morning, but we'll resume our youth activities next Sunday with board games. Um, and you can see the printed order of worship for the list of the fun activities we have planned for the rest of the summer. Uh, speaking of, the children and youth are collecting donations of used t-shirts um, in a box located, I think, out there um, for a project they're doing on July 30th. They're going to be turning used t-shirts into reusable bags for North Fulton Community Charities. So if you have any used t-shirts to donate, please bring those in. You can join Reverend Dave and Tammy Dunn on Saturday, July 8th in volunteering at North Fulton Community Charities as a group from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can sign up directly via Breeze using the human calendar on the website. Also, you can look for an email this week as well to sign up, but using the calendar on the website is probably easier. Hello? Yeah. Every relationship has three living organic beings. There's you, there's me, and there's the relationship that we co-create constantly as we main and maintain it through our conversations. Today, you will learn a couple of tools you've already been having at your disposal to nourish and nurture those relationships. And now, please join me in reading the chalice lighting words from your printed order of worship. We seek our place in this world and the answers to our heart's deep questions as we seek May our hearts be open to unexpected answers. May the light of our chalice remind us that this is a community of warmth, of wisdom, and welcoming of multiple truths.
I think the subtitle of this talk, Beautiful Questions, is the drive-by healing. You know, you hear about drive-by muggings, drive-by the... Have you ever had an experience where someone said something, asked a question, opened a conversation, and all of a sudden you felt like there was that life is as it should be and the conversation was real. Questions are often used to achieve an agenda. Have you ever heard a lawyer say, never ask a question in court you don't already know the answer to? Or a salesperson who asks you questions, and this one, and you're answering, and you know they're going to stick it to me. They're making a case for why I should buy their stuff. Or they could be an expression of feeling. Why don't you ever ask for my opinion? They can be a request for information. Did you pay the utility bill? Today, a beautiful question can be an invitation to explore, create, and engage in meaningful connections and actions. David White, he's a poet and a philosopher. A beautiful question starts to shape your identity, actually shaping a different life meeting different people, finding conversations that lead you in directions you would never have seen before. It is a gift to the person who asks it and to the person who receives it. When you hear one, it's almost like you both go, oh, like getting to pick a candy out of a Whitman sampler. David White says, these are questions that have no right to go away. When they're asked, they keep being present. Rihanna Eastler, with the Center for Partnership Studies, wrote a book called The Chalice and the Blade. She traced through time beginning the concept of how Social organization keeps trying to dominate. Dominate, control, win, beat, kill, revenge. She says we are at an evolutionary crossroads. To, we choose chaos or transformation. And we need some tools. The blade is a lethal power to destroy. It can be a bomb, it can be a, a knife, it can be words, it can be stuff on the internet. And the chalice is the power to give and nurture, grow and create. Fertile grounds for practicing the art of beautiful questions. Th psychotherapists, they seem to have it, philosophers, this is for every man. I told Don, I, maybe I should call it beautiful questions for dummies. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> you can invite meaningful feedback. Oh, I liked your talk. Oh, what did you like about it?
They can focus conversations and gatherings. What would need to happen in this call so that by the time we hung up, you got just what you needed? Oh. Write it down. They can generate life-giving exchanges in the middle of the front lines of stress and hardship. My daughter is working for me, and it was a stressful day, and she was coming down the hall, and I was going this way. And I know she saw something on my face, right? Daughters do know these things. She backed up like, like a little cartoon, and she said, Mom, tell me what you love about me lately. Oh my God, I said, oh, I love your laugh. I love hearing your laugh. <clears throat> Alternatively, that little bit of a like stress at home and you go, would you like to know what I love about you lately? I have never once had anyone say, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> It really helps if you keep it current like within the last 24 hours. Concrete, 48, maybe the week. I love how you talk to the dogs in the morning and how you open the window so the bird song can come in. And, and sometimes you even bring me coffee. <laughs> they can redirect dead-end conversations and distracting behaviors into fertile ground. Well, what would you do different? What would need to happen for you to love your job again? Well, I don't know. But if you did know, what would it be? 80% of the time, you get an answer that's actually meaningful. Well, I would want... And sometimes it's not what they need to do. I need to wake up and get in the office by 8. That's what needs to happen. I always start behind. Breaking through possible inner messages. From, say, persistent body symptoms to promote wholeness. If this chronic exhaustion was a message from an older wiser part of you to the rest of you, what might it be saying? 80% of the time, the part that hasn't been heard can speak. I need a cleaning lady and somebody to pick up the kids on Wednesday. That's beautiful. Promoting healing of transgressions and making reparations. My daughter, this is another thing I love about her lately, is she has four sons. And so you hear, well, somebody did something. And then there's got to be a process. Okay, what, what happened? What happened? And I sort of figure out, okay, there's an apology due. Elliot. Elliot. I think it's time to make, to apologize. Here's the deal. Apology has a very specific thing. It says exactly what they did. I'm sorry I took 
the swimming pool noodle, and I hit you on the head when it was wet. Is there anything I can do to make it right? Wow. Make it right. Yep, go upstairs and get my stuffed animal, Larry. So he comes down with three animals. He goes, I just want Larry. Take those back. Up he goes. <laughs> If you can't, other reparations. This is what I did or said, didn't do, didn't say. And I am sorry. I've thought about it. Knowing what I know now, what I wish I had done or said was this or that. What was your experience of that? How did you experience that? Sometimes they didn't notice it at all. But I've been carrying it with me, right? And one time my brother didn't notice something. I said, well, I'll just tell you this. I broke my own heart because I have felt like I wounded us. If there really is a transgression, will you forgive me? And if you can't, I hope you find some way when you do to let me know. Inviting animal or archetypal guidance. What animal reminds you of the way you behave when you're under stress? Oh, oh, it's a squirrel that runs right out into traffic. Oh, whoa. What animal would you like to become? to deal better with that. Mine's a naked mole rat. <laughs> I dig, 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 dig into nowhere because that's how I use that, the angst, right? So I want to be, I've decided lately, a hawk, a hawk stays intentionally in a place and is often very still and watches and looks and moves when it's time. What is your default archetype that gets you into trouble? Oh, it's the little orphan girl. She's just, she feels so lucky to just have a crust of bread and a drop of rain and, you know, and to be able to stay in the corner of the house. Well, what would you rather help guide you? Oh, she is self-providence. She is like the Statue of Liberty with the torch of truth. But in this hand, she has a bag of gold, baby. <laughs> and she knows she takes care of this before she has it to share. Self-providence. There are six magical words. If there's only, if this is all you take from today, I really hope you write them on your arm, put them someplace. What would need to happen for? 
what would need to happen for you to be at peace when your mother dies? Oh, well, I just want to be sure she wasn't anxious and afraid. Now let's put that, let's put that in our plan. What would need to happen for you to say your health as a whole person was excellent? Two answers. Karen, age 58, blood pressure out of control, 60 pounds overweight and on four medicines. This changed my practice, by the way. She said, didn't miss a beat. She said, I want to trek up to base camp of Mount Everest in Nepal. I went, whoa. That's not a problem. Where do you write that in a doctor's note, right? So I put goals of life, and I wrote it down. And four years later, I have the picture of her there. Now there's Maud. Maud had been had gotten through three cancers. She was very frail. She lived all alone. She'd been in our practice for oh, probably 50 years, long before I got there. I said, Maud, what would need to happen for you to say your health as a whole person was excellent? She said, I want to live in my home until I die. Good, we need to know that. I said, okay, I get it. They really want you to not leave the hospital because they're afraid you might break your hip, so let's make a deal. Don't break your hip. It's going to make me look bad. We shook on it. A little more about feedback that's actionable and respectful and useful. Stephen Covey talks about continue, stop, start. He said it works for every relationship, every endeavor, customers, the bank teller maybe, eh, you know, relationships. What do I do that you like and you want me to continue doing it? What do I do that you don't like and what would you like me to do instead? And what would you like me to start doing? I made appointments with everyone, key people in my life, and I asked those questions, and I wrote down answers. My sister, because I'm often late, just, oh God, I realized that little urchin, street urchin, is afraid she'll never get asked again, so she says yes. And then she hopes and wishes that, you know, there weren't streets and cars and time. She just wanted to be there. And she said, you know, I would like it if you just said, I'm not sure if I can come, but I'll come if I can. And I went, oh my God. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And if you're going to be late, call me before you're late, just to say I'm going to be late. Our president, Joe Biden, has been told that after every briefing, he says this thing. What is the question I haven't asked that I should know the answer to?
in having groups and gatherings. Sometimes I have calls with five members in five states for a patient who's, who's living at home is dying. Go around the ring. What would need to happen in this call so that you got what you wanted? Each one declares it. And at the end, where are you with your satisfaction about our plan from a scale of zero to 100? Everybody gives a number. P.S. If it's under 75, question. Well, what would need to happen for you to get to at least 75 before we hang up? They have to say, or we all stay on the phone. <laughs> it's very, very beautiful and freeing. So the wife of this patient said, well, no, I'm only a 50. I'm only a 50. Okay, what would need to happen? Well, I just don't want him to be on those steroids again right now. Oh. What if, okay, let me ask you, could we try this and then reassess in two weeks and then we might consider and then, oh, that'd be fine. So the patient, Bill, how satisfied are you, Bill? Oh, I'm 100%. What's the plan? <laughs> so wishing you beautiful questions, engaging answers. Um, thank you. join us in extinguishing our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. May all your questions be life-giving, love-promoting, and open new options for transformation of our world. Oh, go in peace and enjoy your week. Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to The Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay. <laughs>